listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do it this way, to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, he came up from the water, and suddenly the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus the Christ. In June, our family is traveling to Europe for two weeks to visit relatives who live in Germany. This will be the first time traveling outside of the country with my two boys, who are 13 and 14 years old, which means that we had to get them passports. And if you've ever had to apply for a child's passport, you know what a process it can be. We had to make an in-person appointment, and that was the first challenge. The first appointment we could get was at the post office in Granby. Then we had to get together a variety of documents. We had to get their birth certificates to prove that they were born, I guess. We had to get together our adoption decrees to prove that we were legally their parents. We had to get together Louis' citizenship paperwork to prove that even though he was born in Haiti, he is a U.S. citizen. I also threw in their social security cards, their school IDs, a Chick-fil-A card for both of them, like anything that I could think about that might prove who they were, I brought it along with us to Granby. My husband Randy and I also had to give copies of our driver's license, proving that we were who we said that we were, and then we had to sign on the dotted line multiple times under penalty of perjury that everything we were submitting was accurate and true. Then we had to write a check for both passports, and we had to pay the lady at the post office. It was a process. But we got it done, and a couple weeks ago, two crisp new passports arrived at our house, proving that our children are, in fact, U.S. citizens. And those passports are now in a fireproof safe in my bedroom where they will stay until June so nothing happens to them. Because those little books are important. They're going to get my kids to Europe and home again. They're going to afford them privileges and protections that many people in the world will never know. And should anyone need to know my kids' identity, Big Blue will be there to tell them who my children are. Because that's what matters when you're out in the world, right? Your identity. This Sunday is a day in the church year that we call Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. The gospel story that I just read is the story of Jesus' baptism as told in the Gospel of Matthew. And it's a really short story. It's just five verses long. But it teaches us a powerful lesson about our identity. In the story, Jesus has come into the wilderness to be baptized by John. And at first, John is hesitant to do the baptism at all. Maybe he thinks that Jesus is too important or too powerful or too pure to be baptized. He says to Jesus, you should be the one baptizing me. 
But Jesus insists that it has to be the other way around. Actually, the first words that Jesus speaks in the Gospel of Matthew were in the passage that we just read. Jesus says to John the baptizer, let it be so now, for it is proper in this way for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus says this is what's in line with God's vision, so this is the way that we're going to do it. And with this statement, Jesus surrenders all of his privilege, all of his power, all of his ego, anything that would set him apart from those other people who were thinking that he was too important, too powerful, too pure. Jesus gives all that up and says, I want to be baptized just like everybody else here. And in a beautiful act of solidarity, he throws in his lot with the everyday folks who are there on the banks of the Jordan River. If you think about it, it's not unlike the way that God chooses solidarity with humankind, giving up all power, all privilege, all ego, to be born in the person of Jesus. Well, when Jesus comes up from the water following his baptism, it says that the heavens open and a spirit like a dove descends and a voice from heaven says, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. We may not have been there that day to witness that miracle of baptism, but we have witnessed the miracle of baptism here at this font or at other fonts like it. In each instance of baptism with water and the word, God claims the newly baptized as God's own, saying, you are my child. I love you, and I am proud of you. And just like that, we have a new identity, a baptismal identity. And here's the amazing part. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter who your parents are. You don't have to bring any documentation applying or proving that you are worthy of this. This is just gift, pure gift. And it is the gift that has the power to change our lives and change the world. Our text says that Jesus came from Galilee to John in the wilderness to be baptized. Galilee was Jesus' home. It's where his family was. It's where his friends were. It's where his community was located. It's where he was familiar, and it's what felt safe. But Jesus didn't return to the comfort of that home after he was baptized. If we read on in the text, it says that the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. There may be no fee for our baptism, But if we take our baptismal identity seriously, there is a cost. As God's beloved children, we are called out into this great big world to participate in God's mission. And this means being Christ for all and seeing Christ in all. During the season of Epiphany, our worship is going to center around the theme, all means all. On the surface, that might seem like a simple phrase, but it's actually complex and quite layered. Can we be Christ for and see Christ in all people? How about all situations? How about all living things? How about all of creation? If so, how does that change the way that we live in this world? Our identity as beloved children of God has to inform how we approach all means all. When we are baptized, we are marked with the cross of Christ on our brow. And even though you can't see it, it's a mark that never goes away. It's a reminder that we are loved by God and called by God to live a particular way. I have a passport. I have a driver's license. I have a voter ID. I have a library card. And all of those things say something about me. 
but none of them are as important as that mark upon my brow. This small cross connects me to the center of love and life. It connects me to the suffering of the world. It connects me to our sisters and brothers who are in need. Under that cross, everything else, all of our other identities, they all fall away. We have a messy situation along our southern border in this country. It's been messy for a long time, and I don't pretend to have any solutions to the problems that are there. But what I do know is that there are men, women, and children who have the wrong color passport, or no passport at all, and they're suffering there. I know that they can't go forward, and I know that they can't go backwards, and I know that they don't have the power or the means to change their situation. Can we see Christ in them? Can we be Christ to them? If we are living out our baptismal identity, then the answer to that question has to be yes. Well, what then about the homeless, or the orphaned, or the mentally ill? What about the prisoner, or those who are sick? What about those who are addicted, or lonely, or lost? Can we see Christ in them? Can we be Christ to them? If we're living out our baptismal identity, then the answer has to be yes, because all means all. But what about people who are powerful? What about people who are privileged, or comfortable, or corrupt? Can we see Christ in them, too? Can we be Christ to them? Well, if we're living out of our baptismal identity, then yes. The answer has to be yes, because all means all. That's what it, lives to, that's what it means to live with the cross of Christ on our brow. That's what it means to live as beloved children of God. We are loved exactly as we are, and we are called to love other people as they are, and it can be hard and heartbreaking work, but it matters immensely because all means all. You know, I'm grateful we were able to get our kids' passports. Now they're going to be able to travel, they'll be able to fill out forms, they'll be able to, to, to show people something when they demand their identification. But at the end of the day, I hope they know that their true identity has nothing to do with that blue book. Their true identity, your true identity, is in Christ alone. And the only proof we have of that is an invisible mark right here on our brow and a heart that breaks for the suffering of the world and a deep, deep knowing that we and everyone else is beloved by God. Because, say it with me, all means all. Thanks be to God. Amen.